This week on Cross Defense, after being away from the microphone for over a year, I try to torch our audience before building back the listenership by being a man talking about women and motherhood. We're talking woman and the divine image, listening to Luther, Peeper, Spurgeon, and, oh yeah, God. Is this thing on? <laughs> Welcome back to Cross Defense. I'm your host, the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California. It is great to be back behind the microphone here at KFUO.org. Today we're examining a curious topic that they tell me is all the, the buzz. It's trending online right now. A topic that's baffled man since the beginning of time. What is that topic? None other than Woman. Yeah, that's right. Woman. If something in today's show piques your interest, raises a question, or prompts you to want to reach out to me, you can do that via my email address. Go to the contact form at stmarksferndale.com. That's the best way to get it done. S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com. And you can use the contact form there to send me an email. Let me know what's going on. I'll do my best to get back to you just as soon as possible. But first, a brief explanation as we get back into the show, back to Cross Defense. What happened? About 15 months ago, I put down my host headphones, stepped away from the microphone. It was back on March 15th, 2021. That was the last episode where I hosted Cross Defense. Because I was called back to St. Mark Lutheran Church, I say back to this church I served before I went to the seminary. Uh, it's a small rural congregation, near and dear to my heart, and um, we're out here on the edge of the world, truly, as far west as you can go before you hit the ocean in the lower 48 of the United States. Uh, we're out here on California's lost coast, deep into uh, the Redwood Empire, and so I stepped away from Cross Defense so I could focus on this location, on serving God's people here, where I was called. I fo- wanted to focus on in-person, real-life, tech-free Old school ministry, which tech-free means not creating podcasts and radio shows and all the different things I was doing on social media. I just totally stepped away from it all to focus on God's people here. And I got to tell you, these last 15 months have been full of adventure. Pastors out there, if you're hearing me, do the same thing. Focus on your people wherever you're at. That's where the adventure is. The grand adventure is right in front of you. Turn off the computer, shut shut off the phone, put it in your pocket, and get in your people's lives. You will Thank me for it, I promise. It's been an adventure. It's been a gut-checking adventure, full of opportunities to serve not only God's people here at St. Mark, but also in the surrounding area around us. Christ, my friends, Christ has defeated the devil. That's what the cross is all about. And he has been displaying his victory in a tremendous fashion in Humboldt County, where I'm at, in Ferndale, kicking Satan's butt in personal ways for all the individuals here at the church, but also corporately for the church together. Uh, And this faithful congregation as a whole has just been engaged with the secular world around us in amazing, magnificent, marvelous ways. It's been great. So uh, returning to the to the show, returning the cross defense is a natural progression, a natural natural part of the ministry here at St. Mark. Before, when I was doing the show, it was a it was a Tyrell Bramwell thing. It was a Pastor Bramwell thing in concert with KFUO, and I was doing it in my spare time apart from my actual call, uh, just as a sort of extracurricular activity. Now, here at St. Mark, 
This is a church thing. It is a St. Mark Lutheran church thing. It is a part of our, our mission work, our evangelism effort to not only our local neighbors, but to the world at large. And it is for our local neighbors. We want many people to be able to reach uh, out. We want to be able to reach out to people with God's Word through this information, these curious topics that excite the imagination, that equip the mind and comfort the soul, uh, getting into God's Word, both the law and the gospel and all these wonderful things. There is a thirst for it here in our part of the world, just as I'm sure there's a thirst for it in yours. And so uh, the church has come together and decided, yeah, we want to do this uh, in service to our neighbors, both locally and globally. And I want to thank everyone at KFUO for keeping the door open. I want to thank you listeners for downloading old episodes of Cross Defense, keeping it a popular show at KFUO so that when the conversation came up about coming back on, it was, uh, yeah, let's do that thing because it's still a popular show. The topics are still of interest, and let's let's see what else we can do by giving people curious topics to, like I said, equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul. So, all right, let's enough of that. Let's get into today's show. Let's talk about woman and the divine image. That's what I want to talk about. You might be aware that Matt Walsh, conservative commentator, he created a documentary and wrote a book called What is a Woman? This question has been trending online. It's uh, become quite the controversial little documentary. If you if you uh, want to look into it, if you haven't heard about it, take a look at it. I highly recommend it. It's uh, it's interesting, and it'll give you insight into the, the woke world we live in, the left, the godlessness that's going on out there, and just how absurd the world's wisdom can be. You know, secular experts don't want to, or perhaps, perhaps to be gracious, are unable to answer Matt Walsh's question, what is a woman, because of their line of reasoning, their irrational line of reasoning. Let's take a look real quick at 1 Corinthians 1, uh, 20 to 25. I want you to open up your Bibles. If you're, well, if you're not driving or working or doing something else, if you're sitting at home, pull out your Bibles. And I prefer you do that in a printed version. Help break that habit of using your phone for everything. I mean, not there if that's the kind of device you have to pull up God's Word. It is still God's Word, so do that too. But um, I like feeling God's Word. I like unplugging. This thing's still going to be around even when the batteries on my phone die. Okay, here we are. 1 Corinthians 1, 20 to 25. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He has. He so certainly has. For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. In the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through folly, the folly of what we preach, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. This has become evident in this question of what is a woman. The, the wisdom of man is complete foolishness. And this simple, very simple question and answer is proclaiming God's wisdom very clearly to all those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. Postmodernity, my friends, in all of its relativity, all of its uh, subjectivity, has created a culture 
truly a culture in the West of confusion. And now our world can't even define the word woman. What is a woman? And they can't do it. Read Walsh's book, watch his documentary for the culture war aspect of the question. I, I want to take up the identity of woman as part of God's creation that was created to bear his image. That's the focus of today's show, woman and the divine image. We're going to find that's the full answer to Matt Walsh's question. In Fran- Francis Pieper's book, Christian Dogmatics, uh, it's we find a huge help that can guide the conversation. It's simple stuff. We could go straight to Scripture on this. But if you happen to have a copy of Volume 1 of Christian Dogmatics on your shelf, if you want to ask your pastor if you can borrow one, or go into that, that little room in your church that no one really ever uses, the library, full of all those books that no one really ever opens, I'm sure you'll find a copy there. Open it up, Volume 1. Go to Section 7 under the Doctrine of Man, Anthropologia, and you will find a good, helpful guide into this question of what is a woman. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 is going to make this clear. So let's flip our Bibles to that page right now. Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So what is a woman? Well, she's female, an adult female. (laughs) That might or might not be a spoiler to the context of Matt Walsh's documentary. So a a female, an adult female, yes, but more importantly, made by God. And that means she is a creation of God intended to bear his image. And through the redemptive work of Christ, she still to this day bears testimony by her very being to God as life creator and life sustainer. We're going to get into that more during the show, but that is the full answer. This is the answer the world hates, that woman is an adult female created by God that bears witness to the life-creating and life-sustaining attributes of God, what he does for us by her very presence, by her very being. This is what she does. Feminists, if they uh, were truly all about empowering women should be all for going to the all-powerful, the almighty God to see what powers he's given to women. What has he endowed woman with? What abilities? What powers? But that's not the feminist goal, just like that's not the goal of any of the world, and it's wokeism, it's leftism, it's anti-godism, Humanism, all these things are opposed to God. So they give us the exact opposite, actually, of what Scripture says. Their goal is to get people to reject God. That's what the world is all about. But check this out. In Genesis 2.23, after the creation of man and woman, in this more in-depth look at this, this is what Adam says when God creates woman from his side. He says this. Genesis 2, 
verse 23. This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now we got this footnote in the Bible, if you're looking at the English Bible there, that, that the word woman and the word man, they go together. Uh, Isha, Isha and Ish and all this kind of stuff. I want to focus on a different part of this text, a different Hebrew part of this text, really. The word for bone, Hashem, comes from the verb to be or to make strong. Now let's focus on this because this is where the world wants to attack always wants to accuse Christians, the, the church, of, of putting women down, of not valuing women, women from the very beginning, from the very beginning of God's scriptures, of the Bible, of his revealed will, his word, who he is, who we are, what he's done for us. From the very beginning, we see bone of my bone. This is my strength. Adam looks upon woman there's so much going on in this text. There's a ton going on in the creation account and the creation of, of humankind. But part of what's going on there, we can see that Adam looks upon his companion. He says, now, truly, fully, I can see someone who gives me strength, who builds me up, that, that I'm better with. Someone who, together, I am actually stronger by being so, by being Together with them, I am stronger. That was bad English. Ah, it's, a, it's the first show back. We'll knock off the cobwebs and we'll get the rust all kicked out of here. But think about that. Think about that. Let's go to Genesis 26, 16 for just a, just a minute here. Flip in your Bibles again. Real life Bible study. Taking a moment. Getting into God's Word. Oh, it's so good to be back. Cross defense. Let's see. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. This is that verb. We are, you are much stronger than we. Adam gazes upon woman for the very first time, and he doesn't think, oh, man, you gave me this ball and chain. Oh, man, you gave me this, this person that's weaker than me. No, he, he says, this is my strength, bone of my bone. This person makes me stronger. The sexes are not stronger on their own. That's the world's way. It's trying to divide us and trying to conquer us, break up our union and our togetherness. That's how the world's wisdom would do it. But we've already seen from 1 Corinthians that the world is, is foolishness. Uh, Matt Walsh's documentary gets to that point very clearly. We have been created by God, male and female. He created them to be image bearers of God, to be strong in concert with one another. The restitution of the divine image in Christ is noted in Peeper's Christian Dogmatics. He takes us to Colossians 3.10 and Ephesians 4.24. So let's go to Colossians 3.10 right now, and then we'll flip over to Ephesians 4.24 and uh, take a look at that. I got to the Ephesians passage first. Go figure, right? 4.24 says, And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. After the likeness of God and the image of God. And in Colossians, excuse me. Colossians 3.10. We read, 
and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. What Pieper wants to point out is that both men and women are involved in this restitution work that Christ has achieved on the cross, that we both have our new self on, that we are both been restored to the likeness of God as long as we are in Christ. Therein is where we find the image. Christ is the image of God. And when we're in him, we both, male or female, bear that image again. After the break, we're going to take a look at how woman does that very uniquely in her created abilities, with her created abilities. We're also going to take a minute to comfort the soul by taking a look at what Charles Spurgeon, of all people, has to say about Hebrews 12.2 and looking to Jesus for our, our identity. And that's a spoiler alert for you. When we get back, we're going to take a look at also Galatians 3.28 and understanding how male and female, we are together, we are equal in the cross, but we are also still individuals. So all of that is coming up right after the break. Don't go away. This is the first episode of The Return Across the Fence. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Smith, host of Concord Matters, where we seek to be of one mind that is the mind of Christ. Join us as we read through the book of Concord and look at confessional topics as learned guests and lively discussion will lead us to appreciate how the treasures of the Lutheran confessions apply in the 21st century as much as they did in the 16th. So join us every Saturday at 10 a.m. Central on KFUO Radio or on demand through the Concord Matters podcast. Until we convene for Concord again, keep confessing, church. Welcome back to Cross Defense. I'm your host, the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California. And that's where you can go if you want to reach out to me online. Go to our website, stmarksferndale.com, S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com. Go to the contact form and drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you. Hear your thoughts, anything you want to share from today's show. We're looking at woman and the divine image. And uh, in the meantime, you can also listen to kfuo.org. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere, anyone, anyone. And when you're not listening to Cross Defense, you can listen to our other programming. we got great shows, all for your edification, some great Bible studies and great talk, great everything at kfuo.org, which you can also consume via our app. If you haven't downloaded that, I highly recommend it. And you can listen to these kind of shows from KFUO on your very favorite podcast app. However you like to consume podcasts, look us up. You can find Cross Defense there and uh, subscribe, and it'd be great to hear from you. That way, leave reviews and comments and let your neighbors know that you are exploring curious topics that excite the imagination, equip the mind, and comfort the soul, looking at God's ordering of the world, his law, his gospel, and uh, just basically having a good old time with your guy, Tyrell Bramwell. Back behind the mic, I love that Cross Defense is back. I was just looking over the break at this, uh, this a news article talking about Pink. I didn't know Pink was still making music, but apparently... Um, She's still out there, and uh, now she's saying some things that, you know, go figure, being uh, irreverent as usual. But the whole world seems to be coming undone over the undoing of Roe v. Wade, except for us in the church, yay, yay for uh, the Supreme Court there. Thanks be to God that that has ended, and now we're back to our state-by-state uh, -state fights. If you're living in a state where uh, 
Abortion has just completely been, been outlawed. God be praised. If you are behind enemy lines, keep up the good fight. Uh, but I was just reading this article, and Pink said uh, to her pro-life fans that they're no longer permitted to listen to her music. There you go. If you're a Pink fan and you're pro-life, uh, Pink says don't listen to her music. This is the quote. Let's be clear. If you believe the government belongs in a woman's uterus, a gay person's business or marriage, or that racism is okay, then please... In the name of your Lord, never effing listen to my music again, and also F right off. We good? That's what she tweeted. Jeez. Uh, I've been noticing in, in, uh, in this, the way the celebrities, and celebrities tend to always lean left. There's not, not all of them, but you know, majority tend to lean left. I've seen so many headlines with the F asterisk, 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 <laughs> you know, for the expletive there. So many people are just saying, F the Supreme Court, F America, blah, 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 blah. This is the response. They can't be articulate. Now, I stumble over my tongue all the time, but at least I try to find words that communicate what I'm trying to say in a little more uh, profound way than just that. But there you go. Pink doesn't want you listening to her if you're pro-life. And uh, she misses the point, really. It's not about the government belonging in a woman's uterus or a gay person's business or marriage. Uh, and racism is certainly not okay. But um, that's a whole other show, so we'll leave it there. But, yeah, so many celebrities are just opposed to motherhood. And I want to bring that up because we're going to look at now how women, woman, I should say, and women as part of woman, uh, are they're, they're, they're given to motherhood. This is part of being a woman. You're designed with the plumbing necessary to be a mom. And in our world today, with the LGBTQ, the transgender, the T especially, uh, we're seeing a blurring of this, an intentional disregarding of the wonderful gift of woman. And Matt Walsh does a great job in the documentary, which I mentioned in the opening of the show, of dealing with that and, and exploring that in our, in our world today. And uh, we looked at how both men and women are image bearers of God. But in the fall, we have that image has been distorted. We've lost that. It's Christ who perfectly keeps the law, who perfectly lives out the way God would have us live, who has restored us. And he did that by going to the cross. And so now in Christ, we can return to that image bearing uh, role. And, And women do that very well as mothers. We're going to get to that in just a minute as we look at how moms uh, incubate and and bring life forward into this world, and that's a Christ, Christological uh, testimony. But before we do that, let's not overlook Galatians 3.28, because this is what we're talking about in that both men and women are image bearers of God equally, that women aren't left out of this, right? So let's take a look here. Uh, Galatians 3.27 and 28, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ, that's what I was saying just a minute ago, have put on Christ. So if you're baptized into Christ, if you're a believer in Christ, you've put him on, and he is the right image of God, and so now you are too. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. There is no male and female. So the whole equity, equality thing, yeah, it it happens in the cross. And I want to pause here before we move on to the, the motherhood thing, because I want to talk about how in Christ... We get these things that the godless world is, is striving for, diversity, equity, inclusion, these sorts of things. The world wants to, to bring about, but we already have them in Christ. 
that's the distortion. That's that's where they're missing the mark. And it's not um, unexpected because this is the work of the devil. You see, God brings things into being. He creates goodness, truth, beauty. He's a creator. He's a speaker of truth. The devil can't create a single thing. He can't create a single word. All he can do is lie. He can twist what is already there, what God has already made. And so he takes something like this, where in Christ there is not male nor female, and he says, oh, I can do that too. But I'm going to use puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. I'm going to use surgery to cut off members of the male body and make it look like a member of the female body. I'm going to, I'm going to do this without Christ, and look, yay, equality. No. See, that's a perversion of the truth. A transgender male is not a woman. He's just a distorted man. Same thing goes for a transgender woman. You may look like a man, but you're less than a man. And now you become less than a woman. You've distorted your womanhood as well. This is how the devil works. He promises you gold and delivers straw. Okay? Genesis shows this. The Garden of Eden, the temptation of Eve did God really say? Well, God did speak clearly. It was the twisting, it was the bringing the doubt in there that distorted things. So let's comfort the soul. That's a pretty deep thing to take on. Let's, let's not leave it there before we move on to the diversity within uh, man and woman, humankind. Let's comfort the soul right now. It's Charles Spurgeon's articulation, using more than just four-letter words, uh, as he writes about Hebrews 12, 2, that's going to help us comfort our souls today. He writes, It is the Holy Spirit's work to turn our eyes away from self to Jesus. Amen. The Holy Spirit comes and turns your eyes. He t- takes your head and twists it. To stop looking at yourself. Look to Jesus. Satan's work is just the opposite. He is constantly trying to make us regard ourselves instead of Christ. Satan implants thoughts about self, and we will never find comfort of assurance by looking within. Isn't that the problem with the world today? Do you see the devil's deception? He's getting everyone preoccupied with their self, who they think they are, who they want to be. Affirm this, affirm that. Stop. Let's just stop for a second. The Holy Spirit is directing our eyes to the cross, to Christ, Confused about your identity? Don't know who you are? Look to Jesus, guy. Look to Jesus. There you will find assurance for who you are. You are a child of God, bought and purchased by the blood of Christ. There is comfort for your soul. But Spurgeon doesn't just leave us with that. He also says this, it was Jesus. It is what, excuse me, it is what Jesus is, he says, not what we are, that gives rest to the soul. If we would at once overcome Satan and have peace with God, it must be by looking unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, 2. Simply keep your eye on him. Let his death, his sufferings, his merits, his glories, and his intercession be fresh on your mind. When you wake in the morning, look to him. When you lie down at night, look to him. He will never fail you. My friends, if you are confused about your identity, if you know someone who's being caught up in this whole thing taking on our world right now, point them to Jesus. And not just in platitude, literally bring Christ crucified to them. Preach the gospel. Let them know who they are in the eyes of God. 
help them see themselves as a created image bearer, distorted in their sin and and their action, what they would do, how they would achieve peace, comfort, and whatever they think they're striving for. They're sinful. They need Christ who restores them to their divine image bearingness. And so they need baptism. They need to hear God's word. They need to hear about Jesus. And in, in doing so, they will learn who they are. And all that confusion about their gender, their identity, all the depression that's going on in the world, all the, the suicide and the rise of that, all, all that garbage that, that's coming from the devil. It's coming from the world looking at itself. So point your friends, your family members, yourself. If you're hearing this, let me point you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit to Christ and him crucified. There is the comfort for your soul. Okay, so let us not forget that fact. The devil is a lying dirtbag trying to deceive us into thinking we can be equal apart from Christ, and that can't happen. And he's trying to convince us it can. We've gotten to the point in our society where we're really uh, convinced, we many of us, that all we have to do is you know perform some surgeries, uh, apply some puberty blockers, some cross-sex hormones, and voila, equal. <laughs> That's not equal. That's far from equal. Think about this. When a boy tries to become a girl, he doesn't become a girl. He just becomes a distorted boy. He's, he's not functioning as a boy. In fact, he's doing harm to himself, physical harm that he'll live with for the rest of his life. And this is going to get us into the next section here of woman and the divine image. When a woman tries to be a boy and goes to the extremes of stopping puberty from developing her womanly parts, uh, distorting them with surgeries, these sorts of things, she's not becoming a man. She's just becoming a broken woman. And this is horrible. Womanhood is under attack because motherhood is under attack. We just talked about transgender. How about abortion? Young girls are being encouraged, and women of all ages are encouraged to pursue their dreams, their goals, their self-centeredness, looking within, rather than pursuing something that will give them true fulfillment, bringing life into this world. And so, you know, pursue your dreams at whatever cost. You should have reproductive rights to have abortions on demand so that you can continue to do what you want to do. And we see a lot of this coming out of Hollywood and the celebrities. I'm uh, reminded of Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks, talking about how uh, the world would not have her music. We would not be blessed with her music if she wasn't able to have abortions. Well, let me tell you one thing here, Stevie. I would much rather have your child in this world than your crappy music. There, I said it. Think of me whatever you want. Maybe Cross Defense isn't going to get a listenership because you're all out there liking Fleetwood Mac. I like babies. That's it. There's another one. (laughs) There's another one, too. Hey, calm down. Relax. There's another one, too, and that is the replacement of woman as a partner for man. Same-sex marriage, right? Well, what do you mean, Pastor? What did we say in the the first segment? Adam looked at woman and said, Hashem bone of my bone, this coming from the verb of, of to make strong. This woman makes me strong. In a way, another man cannot make me strong. Brotherhood, yes. Same-sex relationship, no, right? So all three of these ways are attacking woman because they are attacking mother. Let's look at this a little deeper as the woman as a testimony, as a witness, testifier of Christ crucified, restoring us to the divine image. Take a look at this for a second. Woman was created with the special ability to incubate life 
within her body, to protect life with her very body, to see to its delivery. This is the epitome of godly activity. This is what Jesus did on the cross. He incubates life with his body. He gives us life by his very flesh and blood. This is what mothers do for their children in the biological sense. Jesus is doing it. We partake of his body and blood every time we take communion. The fruit of the cross, the sacrifice of the cross is given to us. A child comes into this world by the sacrifice of his mother. She literally is giving from her body, taking a toll on her body, sacrificing from her body to give to her neighbor, her most close neighbor, the one within her womb. And then she will continue to do so throughout the life of that child as she cares for and educates and nurtures that new life. This is godly activity. She is, in a very real way, bearing the image of God for the world to see in a way that man can't do, men can't do. There's a quote from Luther that Pieper points out in Christian Dogmatics, Volume 1. Luther maintains consistently that God's creation of man and woman with a different sex appoints and fits them for a separate sphere of activity. Get this quote. It's awesome. Each one functions best as he has been created. A woman with her little finger does better by a child than a man with both his fists. She has this ability, woman does, to care and nurture and and educate with ease compared to man. We got to rule by by force. Do it or I'm going to beat you, kid. (laughs) Where a woman can teach and nurture and love. Okay, maybe that was a bad example, but you get the point. Mom is a testimony to Christ. And more, more than that, too, think about this with the, the birthing process. The water breaks, and a life is delivered into this world. And the baptismal waters break, and a life is delivered into the spiritual world of Christ crucified, into the heavenly realm, right? The, God's kingdom. We have blood and water. We have agony, and we have this intensity of labor, both upon the cross and on the delivery room table. This is a testimony that we should cherish and hold dear always and forever. I want to focus here a second on Christ's restitution of men and women to the divine image because we do have to keep in mind that we were created with the order of male and female and women being able to give birth, to bear children. This was pre-fall. Then we fell, and then Christ returned us, reconciled us to our rightful relationship with our Father. The created order has maintained the whole time. The way we are different, male and female, has maintained the whole time. Before the fall, man and woman were blessed, and we we were told to multiply and fill the earth, to be man and to be woman in our diverse, unique functions. That didn't change in the fall. Our unique, diverse functions were just exacerbated. Then with the restitution of Christ on the cross, we have both received the gifts of Christ, and now we can both use our vocations as man and woman to declare the gospel to the world around us. This is why Luther is so utterly spot on when he says, 
these words that are certain to uh, make you click away in our modern world. What better and more profitable thing can be taught in the church of God than the example of a pious housemother who prays, sighs, cries, thanks God, rules the home, and does what the office of a pious wife entails, desires to have children in great chastity, gratitude, and piety. I know, right? He just said it. Yes, I did. The greatest thing a woman can do is desire to have children. The greatest thing a woman can do is to rule her house well, to take care of her children, her family, as an example and testimony to Christ. I know, I know. Today, society says such a thought is backwards. I don't care what society says. I only care what God says. Because God says bearing children is a highly honored gift that only women can do, and that this is a unique life-supporting endowment that should be treasured, promoted, and celebrated. We'll talk more after the break. If you want to go away, go away. But hey, I would encourage you to stick around and listen to the third segment of the return of Cross Defense. See you in a The word of Christ comes forth from his mouth as a sharp, two-edged sword. By that word, he puts our sin to death and he raises us to new life in him. Join me. Pastor Timothy Apple on Sharper Iron every weekday morning at 8 a.m. here on KFUO as guest pastors from around the world lead us into the Word of God to help us sharpen our faith in Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Welcome back to Cross Defense. I am your host, the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California, where it is a delight to serve. Over the break, I was thinking about Sarah. She says it is a pleasure to be pregnant. She says, am I now to have this pleasure that I am old and worn out now? Now? Really? Uh, and, and even Hannah, right? She she longs. She so badly wants to get pregnant. She wants to be a mom so bad that she she devotes her child to the Lord. She'll give the child back. I just want to have this pleasure of of being able to be a mother, to, to raise my child and give my child to you. These sorts of things. We, you find many examples throughout the Old Testament. This reveals the brokenness of our American Western mindset because we see pregnancy, we see motherhood as an STD. The reason you don't have sex is because you could catch something, or worse yet, you might get pregnant. You could have a baby. This is absurd that this is a negative thing. This is a joy. And so go, get married, have children. It's a great thing. (laughs) Uh, If you want to reach out to me, you can do that at stmarksferndale.com. If you want to send me hate messages because you think I'm misogynistic, uh, you can do that there at stmarksferndale.com. I don't think anyone's going to do that from uh, the cross-defense crowd. But you wouldn't be the first um, to use that contact form to do that, and that's okay. God's given me grace to show you love despite your hatred. Don't hate me. Uh, for the next uh, segment of the show here, as we wind things down for our first show back in the saddle, the cross-defense saddle, we're going to take a look at Christian dogmatics. It's been on the, the side of the table here this whole time. We've been referencing it and looking at it and using it as a roadmap to look into Scripture. Well, now I'm going to quote from it a lot more in this last segment because Peeper takes us into the American context. 
and he brings up some arguments that we have in our day and age that I have heard they have been lobbed at me regarding the roles of women and specifically what Paul says in relationship to the church. And this has to do with bearing the divine image and doing so in our rightly ordered, created, ordered, create the created order of our rightly ordered relationships. You know what I'm trying to say. Okay, let's get into this. Uh, Peeper says, people in our day are becoming more and more oblivious to this divine order, to God's divine order. And this is for two reasons, Peeper says. In spite of its wide circulation, and he's talking about the Bible, the most sold, published book in all of human history, the Bible exerts less influence on human society than formerly. Truth. We are now in a post-church age. That's how little the Bible asserts its authority over human society. And the second reason is good common sense, in spite of all advances in technical science, is rapidly diminishing among men, among humankind. Now, this is interesting to me because I, I now would say in 2022, Peeper, this is published, copyright 1950, fast forward to 2022, I wouldn't say in spite of all advances in technical science, I would say because of many advances in technical science, we are rapidly diminishing in common sense. We're dependent upon all of our tech to think for us. We're dependent upon bureaucratic lanes and our roles and and the manual at work to do our thinking for us. We don't have common sense. We're not taught to have common sense. What we're taught to do is follow a manual to do what the thing says to do next. Hit next, hit next, hit next, hit next, hit next. Don't think, just hit next. Well, I can't do that. I'm sorry, sir. My manager, my manager won't let me do that. Well, can't you think about it yourself and get it done? Uh, well, you know, the, the manual won't let me. Sorry, I just work here. It's not my job. We're, we're programmed not to use common sense. We're programmed as a society to stay in our lanes that are governed by technical advances in science and, and these sorts of things. So um, we find in Luther two different sets of statements on the position of woman in human society. On the one hand, Luther says, God did not set up womankind to rule, neither in the church nor in secular offices. Again, the Holy Ghost has excluded women from the government of the church. That's the quote from Luther. On the other hand, Luther requires men to show special reverence to woman because the woman is the mother and educator of the human race. That bears repeating. On the other hand, Luther requires men to show special reverence to woman because the woman is the mother and educator of the human race. Since woman is a creature of God, she is to be regarded with reverence. For this purpose, indeed, she was created that she should be with man, that she should nurture and train children in honesty and piety. Wow. And so man, men, mankind, we show reverence to woman. Luther maintains consistently that God's creation of man and woman with a different sex appoints and fits them for a separate sphere of activity, as we've talked about before. This is where the quote is, each one functions best as, his, as he has been created. A woman with her little finger does better by a child than a man with both his fists. Okay, now, this is where you might get upset if you're not used to reading the Bible 
and letting it shape you, and you're trying to impose yourself upon God. He says, let everyone stick to that work to which God has called and appointed him. This is the scriptural position. Scripture makes the home the sphere of the woman. It distinguishes sharply between the forbidden public and the permitted and commanded domestic activity of woman. It forbids the public speaking and teaching of women. It states, we're talking about in the church. Here it is. It is a shame for women to speak in the church. 1 Corinthians 14.35. All the cackles are up and people are, oh, I can't believe he's saying this out loud on the radio, the first show of Cross Defense, and he's already... I'm not saying anything that's not in the Bible. And neither is Francis Pieper. Women are not even to ask questions in the public assemblies and thus start discussions, but they should ask their own men at home. En oiko is the Greek. Let me let me throw something at you. This is this is neat. Think about this in, in the positive. We're always we're always reacting from the negative perspective, and I think social media has really encouraged that in the last ten years or so. Think about this for a second. Think of what the positive would be, just for a split second, if not because they couldn't vo- voice their own opinions and thoughts, but because they wanted their men to do so. Women didn't say a word, even in Bible study, but went home and asked their man, hey man, tell me the answer to this. And the guy's like, well, I don't know. I've just been sitting here listening to you ask all the questions. And she said, man up and go ask that question. Man up and get in the Bible and read that and then lead this family the way you're supposed to, the way God ordered you to do. Stop being like Adam, shirking your responsibility, and start being like Jesus and give me some food. Give me some nourishment. What if all the women in church, instead of speaking for the men who are sitting there on their laurels doing nothing, what if they actually held their men accountable at home and forced their men to man up in church? (laughs) Wouldn't that be great? What an economy we would have in Bible study. And it doesn't diminish the women at all. In fact, it's the meekness of the women, meek being powerful, but then restraining that power and using it in its proper order that is actually emboldening the man to raise up himself, to to rise up, I should say, and be the man that God would have him be, to live out his vocation. Oh, I'm getting fired up here, guys. To live out his vocation as a divine image bearer so that he can rightly reflect Christ in his role and the woman can in hers. Oh my goodness, wouldn't that be a sight to see? The men would actually be encouraged to step up to the plate and swing that bat rather than saying, well, I don't like crowds, so I don't want to really go to church. Or I'll go to church, but uh, not Bible study because you know there's too many people there. I might have to say something. Say something. God gave you a mouth. He literally told Adam to speak the word to Eve. Speak something. Okay, I'll back it down just a second. Think about that for a second, though, women, if you're getting mad at me. The prohibition of speaking in church isn't because you can't do it. (laughs) Certainly you can. My wife is very articulate. She knows her Bible very well. She is really good at communication. She could preach great. I'm sure she could. I'm sure she could teach in the public assembly just fine. But she doesn't because God's Word says no. That's not what's at issue here, whether you can or can't, ability-wise, it's whether you ought to or not from God's Word. So think about that for a second, that this text on what it says woman is to do or not to do is really not all that much about woman at all, but really more about men. 
not being like Adam in the garden where he allowed the woman to fall for the temptation because he wasn't speaking the word to her and guarding her and protecting her and and being the man for her, but she was left to her own devices and succumbed to temptation. Think about that and think about your service to your man. This is in Scripture. It's amazing. And it's just like, God, help us to repent Help us to turn from our wicked ways and thinking we know how best to do something and to just let your word shape our lives. Yes, even in 2022, as a conservative, faithful Christian church body, we still get some things that are our own sacred cows and we just don't want to go there. And let's let's face it straight on. We get this also from 1 Timothy 5.14. I will therefore, I, I will therefore, that the younger women, Mary, bear children, guide the house, rule the household, right? The matrons should be, according to Titus 2.3, teachers of good things. Teach the young women to love their husbands. That's what we're talking about. To love their husbands, to love their children, to be stewards of home, of the home, keepers of the house. Perhaps no teacher of the church has so frequently and so eloquently extolled the glory of woman. And then Peter gives us Luther's quote that we've already talked about um, before in the the previous segment. Listen to this. And we're going to start wrapping it up here. But Peter says, we hear people decry as Oriental, as Eastern, or, you know, the way they, they do things over there, the biblical view, the biblical view, that the home is the sphere of woman's activity. Men have asserted in all seriousness, as it's actually, like, actually seriously, you, you serious, guy? But if the Apostle Paul had written to American congregations, he would not have said it is a shame for women to speak in the church and let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach. See, he wouldn't have said those things people posit. But because of the changed conditions of our society, ah, progressivism, (laughs) because of our changing conditions, the way society is today, it's 2022 America, pastor, shouldn't we be doing things different? No. What does the Bible say? It's unchanging. Because of the changed conditions, he would have written somewhat in this way, women to the front, (laughs) get on the platform. It's not shameful for a woman to speak in the church. Basically the exact opposite, right? And, and what has happened now? We have women up front on the platform teaching in many, many denominations. And where, what do we see in these denominations? A lack of men in the pastoral office. The women have taken over. Why? Well, because we see from Scripture that it is na- man's nature to sit around and do nothing and let the women do everything. This isn't so much about women. It's about men too. These men who are actually positing this, that, well, you know, different times, different strokes, different folks, these men are deluding themselves, Peter says, and so are now the women who are on the platforms up front teaching this. 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 Timothy 2 are not dealing with a temporary oriental eastern order, but with a universal, permanent order. For Paul gives as the reasons for his vetoing any public teaching of the women in the church 
1, the order of creation, that Adam was made first, after him Eve, and 2, the role that women played in the fall. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Facts which remain the same, both in the West, the Occident, Peter Pieper says, as in the East, the Orient. No matter where you're at in the world, these, these two things remain the same. It is still truth that we were ordered in a certain way. Man was created first, and then from his side was created woman. She was given this wonderful treasure of being able to bring life into the world by her her pregnancy and bearing life, incubating life, delivering life. Man was the seed giver and those sorts of things. That's another show. This is about women in the divine image. And, and that reality remains the same even after the fall and after Christ's uh, restoring us to our rightful relationship, reconciling us with God, uh, but also that it was woman that, that was deceived. And she was deceived because man did not speak up. So God has now created things that it's still in place where man speak up, be the pastors, be the teachers in the church, in the public gathering. Women teach the children at home. Demand your man to give you answers at home ask questions of your man at home. What does this mean? Let's talk about this. Let's study this scripture. I would like to know more about that. Be that church to your man at home, that he can be the pastor. Every husband is a pastor. Every wife is the church, just as Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride, as Paul says in scripture. Peeper wraps up by saying this. One other point should be mentioned in this connection. Woman ought not be dragged from her place of honor into public life. For it is universally acknowledged that woman is the most influential teacher of the human race. See, it's not about abilities. It's more along those lines of that philosophical question of ought. Ought we do this? Ought we do that? Well, woman ought not be dragged into chasing certain things in the public social life into trying to reach success as, let's say, becoming a pastor in the church. The Lutheran Church of Missouri Senate doesn't have female pastors. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America does. Well, listen to this. If women prove themselves good teachers in the home, Titus 2.3, they thereby wield a greater influence on the coming generation than the men, including the pastors. You don't have to have 500,000 subscribers on your YouTube channel. You don't have to have a million followers on Instagram or whatever to have influence in this world. You want to be an influencer, have a kid, and dedicate yourself to educating him, to nurturing him, to raising him to be a godly person. There's your influence. There's where you're going to make the biggest impact on this world. Now, it may not come with fame and notoriety. It may not come with any of the prestige that we're all seeking for in our narcissistic age, but it will come with the influence, the actual thing we're striving for, to be an influence on this world. You will be able to bear the image of God as a woman and as a man supporting the woman. You will be able to reflect Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins. You will be able to incubate life both biologically but also spiritually as you educate your young and raise them up to be God-fearing Christians. 
who will influence society in whatever vocations they have, including being man and woman, husband and wife, father and mother. And having said that, it's a wrap. This is our first show. Cross Defense is back after 15 months. I am your host, the Reverend Tyrell Bramwell, pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California, and that's where you can send me your feedback on this show. We've been talking about woman and the divine image, but go to stmarksferndale.com, S-T-M-A-R-K-S, ferndale.com, and let me know what you thought about the show. What did we not have a chance to talk about? What angle did we not come at it from, or what did we talk about that was new to you that you didn't think about, or... How are you wrestling with these passages? This is a controversial topic. Why not come out of the gate and just fire both guns ablaze and and make people want to have a conversation? Because that's what we're doing as we excite the imagination, get that mind engaged, equip it, and we also comfort the soul. I hope you will always consider what you see in this world as the devil's distortions of what God is doing through Christ on the cross. He is our defender. This has been Cross Defense. Until next time. Christ be with you. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at KFUO.org.